Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Sherstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in, and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that his heart is free to grow in knowing him and to grow in walking with him. All right, welcome guys. We are live here with DSM Hollywood with our Thursday night Bible studies about fulfilling your kingdom purpose. Now, if you can't tell already, if you haven't figured it out, I am not Pastor Dan. Pastor Dan, as Kelry was sharing here on Google Meet, he is ministering with Pastor Sue down or over in Texas. Uh, and it's a privilege. It's really a privilege to have the opportunity to minister here through DSM Hollywood. I have great respect for the grace of God upon Pastor Dan. And I'm actually going to speak about that principle in just a moment. But something I really like about getting to minister through Pastor Dan's ministry is I've noticed since I've ever been connected to him that those who want more, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who want a deep walk with God, those who have a, we all have a prophetic calling, but those who know they have a prophetic calling um, and desire more of it, I've noticed that they're always drawn to the Pastor Dan because he's such a great vessel to help develop that gift and also bring, for lack of a better word, balance uh, where they can, us as the children of God who are called to the prophetic ministry, that we are refined to the real thing, uh, not to um, the weird stuff, the stuff that's counterfeit, but uh, just being solidly rooted in Christ and yet entirely, absolutely prophetic. And so when you get to minister at a church like that, or in my case, also get to lead worship at a church like that, there's great liberty because God will never force feed anyone. He, he pours into those who actually want to receive from him. And that's part of what I'm going to talk about as well. Uh, so even just as I begin this teaching, I'm just going to pray here and I just invite you to really draw near to God, expecting for him to bring revelation to you, that he would enlighten the eyes of your understanding. Thank you, Father God, for every person who is listening, Father. My prayer, Father, is to minister by your spirit, Lord. And Lord, that every person, Lord, that they would be edified, that they would grow in the knowledge of your love and the reality of being your children, Lord, and that we can actually know you as Father. We can perceive your leading vividly, Father, because you've called us to follow you, to know you, and to walk with you. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. So a good question regarding this series that Pastor Dan is on, on perception, is just to consider what actually is perception. And there's a lot of things we can say about that, but I just wrote down some thoughts when I was considering what is perception, especially in our case. And uh, one of the ways to see perception is that I'm actually consciously aware of what's going on, I'm clearly seeing. But as a child of God, we can have a widened perspective. It reminds me of the concept of like the eagle, where you're you're not caught up in the midst in the middle of that thing, but you're seeing it from a higher view. Because a lot of times when it's kind of like even just practically speaking, 
uh, when somebody tells you a story, uh, there's opinion, there's their perspective, but again, we're called to have a widened perspective and just a, a practical thing to share regarding wisdom in those situations is it's it's often good, not all the time, but it's often good to actually hear other people's viewpoints so you can have a widened perspective. But again, we're called to perceive in truth by the spirit of God. Um, we're actually being, the Bible talks about being watchful, uh, being sober minded uh, versus being like drunken in mind. So through my fellowship with God, I can actually sharply perceive from a clear, sober, sound mind what is going on, uh, what God is speaking, uh, and even just walk in wholeness. Because when our soul gets pulled around, and I'm going to get probably get into that a bit later too. When our soul gets pulled around, a lot of times our perception starts to get distorted. When the cares of this world start to pull at us, when uh, worry tries to come in, uh, and that's why God says to cast our cares upon him and, and to bring our petitions to him so that the peace of God can guard our hearts and minds. Uh, when the enemy knows a weakness and he tries to find somebody to provoke provoke you and say that one thing that person shouldn't say and pull you out of your sound mind. Part of this process of following Jesus is we're being absolutely transformed. And so we, we become unshakable. And as we're unshakable, then it's harder for the enemy to find a way to mess with us because our perception relates to our minds and our thoughts. And uh, just briefly say one more thing here. The Bible actually says that we have the mind of Christ. So as a child of God, perception can actually look like perceiving from the reality of having the mind of Christ. And even as I say that, um, a lot of times people think of the mind of Christ as just, um, just an attitude or just being a good person. But I'm going to show you later in scriptures, but literally we are one with God. And so... God who sees all, who is in us and with us, can cause the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened so that you can perceive things that only can be perceived because God is with us and because you are, know it or not, a spiritual being. And so uh, I want to get into that more about how we are a new creation that really can perceive. Now, one of the things the enemy tries to do to us is he tries to convince us uh, that what it, maybe God doesn't want you to hear his voice. Maybe God, maybe God just doesn't want you to know these things. And uh, there's times that God doesn't show you everything so that you don't get ahead of him. But God's will is for us to be refined and matured so that he can tell us more because he calls us friend. I'm going to show you that scripture in a moment. He, he, he loves fellowship with you. That's why he made you. He made you to know him and to fellowship with him. And so he wants to show you many things, but he, in his wisdom, he knows the most opportune thing to show you. Uh, that reminds me of one morning I woke up and it was already in my soul and my heart uh, to, to want answers from the Lord. And uh, actually there was a season of this. And so as I'm waking up and I'm praying, God is showing me all other kinds of things to pray about, insightful things concerning what other people are going through and answers that they're praying for, yet I have my own agenda. I'm saying, God, well, I'm thinking you can show me these things, but you're not telling me what I think I want to hear. But what I'm pointing to is that God knows the, the most expedient, the opportune thing to speak to you. And he does, again, he does want to speak to you. And thank God there was one morning where I actually had a vision, perceived myself crying out to God, literally, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And then I heard him give me a simple answer, not the fullness of the answer, but the thing I needed in that moment just to help me stay on track. Because he calls us to walk by faith and not by sight. And walking by faith, part of that is he gives you, he reveals something to you. 
and and you unite your your belief, your faith to that, and you move forward in what he has shown you. But again, he doesn't show us everything because he knows perfectly how to lead us. So um, if we're Christians, that means that Jesus is our master. The word Lord in the New Testament means master. So if you're actually a Christian, that means that Jesus is your master. You cannot separate the two. Otherwise, I mean, we make mistakes, of course, but uh, otherwise you might be around God's goodness. You might be in the camp, but you haven't yet given your heart. So you're not yet born again. Uh, but Christianity is following God's leading. Remember, Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And he even said that we're not able or worthy to be his disciples unless we forsake all, unless we pick up our cross and follow him. And he said that example of what carrying the cross is, is not that we put ourselves in uh, positions of self-infliction, affliction, but it's rather that we live through the Father's will. He, for the joy that's set before us, he carried the cross. And in his case, carrying the cross is literally carrying the cross that he was going on to a physical cross to die for you and I, that we could be restored to union and fellowship, conscious fellowship uh, now and eternally with him. So God wants to guide us. And so when we, 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 uh, when we put our trust in Jesus and we give him our lives, that's Christianity. We become born again. Christianity is, I'm using our modern term for Christianity, but differentiating it from what people call Christianity is that we're followers of God. We're followers of Jesus Christ. We're imitators of God. We're imitators of Jesus Christ. So if he's our master, if he's our Lord, if he's our shepherd, that means he's directing this. I'm, I'm kind of presenting this like a lawyer. So if, if he wants you to follow him, that means that he wants to show you what to follow. That means he wants you to be able to perceive what he's leading. And of course, that absolutely involves the logos, the written word of God. But this is a moment to moment thing that we get to experience true life in. It's not a matter of of earning my right standing before God in a spirit-led accuracy, but it's a joy to be able to literally consciously walk with God. Uh, I'm going to show you a few scriptures here pertaining to what I was, what I was just saying. I'm going to start here with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, referring to verses 9 and 10. And this is where a lot of people know the first part where it says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And there's a context to this, but there's also a principle. And here's a principle, but God has, so that's the but God part. That's the part a lot of people miss is I has not seen, but for us, for those who receive Jesus, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. And that's still what's happening right now is when God is revealing things to us, it's by his spirit. So it's very good to know that God is literally with us all the time. And it is, by his Holy Spirit who is here with us even now. And reading on, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Spirit of God is, is God. He's one with God. He is fully aware. The Holy Spirit is fully aware of everything, of the fullness of reality, literally the fullness of reality. God is aware of it. And who lives inside of you but the fullness of God? Remember, Jesus said that if we how does it say it actually? He he in the scripture in the book of John, he says that the fullness of God, I'm paraphrasing here, that he wants to make his home inside of us. And, and so that happens through um, through giving our life to Jesus. And again, I'm paraphrasing it. If you look at the scriptures, he talks about, if you love me, then you obey me. And if you obey my, my commandments, and then he says, I'll come and make my abode in you. He's literally made us a new creation. I'm going to say it now and probably a little bit more later. But in the Old Testament, the spirit of God would come upon people. Uh, and uh, But now when we're born again, 
the spirit of God comes inside of us, but he also wants us to be overflowing with the spirit. The Bible says not to be drunk in excess of wine, but to be continually filled with the spirit of God. In the Old Testament, the spirit of the Lord would come upon people. But even as David, he cried out, as we read in Psalms, take not your Holy Spirit from me. And now sometimes as Christians, we might get confused to think that's how it still works. But now he says that he will never leave us or forsake us. In the scriptures, we see that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can resist him. We can quench him. Not that we should do any of those things, but he's never going to leave us. Now, when it comes to our conscious awareness of his presence, there, when we when we give place to the will of the enemy of our souls, then we may, it doesn't necessarily happen, but we may feel distant from God. But it doesn't mean that he's distant from us. He Again, he never leaves us or forsakes us. We're a new creation. What I was about to say is now like the we're like a new wineskin that can handle the new wine. And uh, in in, before Jesus was glorified, uh, it was different. They were, they, they were not born again. Um, so the spirit of the Lord is upon them. But again, for us, we can be continually filled and we can actually handle it because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to read that same scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 from the Passion Translation. And I really like how the Passion Translation, it pulls apart the words. And oftentimes when I'm preparing a teaching, I go to look at the Passion Translation and it's literally just preaching what I've been preparing. But God now unveils these profound realities to us by his spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart, and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. I'm going to read another scripture here because I referred to this before that God calls us friends. John chapter 15, verse 15. No longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father. I have made known to you. And so there's this principle now where he's saying, I call you friends and I reveal things to you. I don't, I don't hide things from you. I reveal things to you because I'm your friend. You're my friend. Jesus said, um, who is my mother, my sister, my brother, but those who do the will of God, uh, those who give their life to Jesus, who do the will of God, um, they're our friends. Uh, there's times even when I'm walking about in life and I'll hear the Lord, I'll see somebody, he'll tell me, that's your friend because he knows who's doing the will of God. He knows who's, who loves him and who's following him. Uh, another one here, John chapter 16, verse 13 and 14. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come and he has come, he will guide you. He will guide you. He will guide you into all truth, all truth. So how much truth do you want? How much reality do you want to perceive? How much do you want to grow? He's guiding you and he's willing. If you, if you want it, he's willing to guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things. He will tell you things to come, talking about perception here, and he will glorify me. He, for he will take up what is mine and declare it to you. And so the, the Holy Spirit is revealing things to us. And uh, I, I intentionally clarified or emphasized that he will glorify me. That's one of the ways, just practically speaking, to be able to discern what is coming by the Spirit of God and what is something else, whether it's demonic or just the will of man uh, when it comes to teachings or it's coming to... Um, supposed prophecies. That's my space heater here. I'm going to turn that down here in this garage. So the spirit of God confirms the truth of Jesus Christ. He reveals Jesus Christ. He glorifies Jesus Christ. So if it doesn't bear witness to the truth of Jesus Christ, if it's not honoring the truth of Jesus Christ, if it's not in some way pointing to Jesus Christ, we should really discern what is going on. 
and this one more scripture here, Mark 16, 20. This is where it says the Lord was working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. So this is all just, again, like a lawyer, I'm just proving to you that God wants to lead you. And one of the results is I just read there as, as he's leading us, then he's actually revealed through us and confirming his word with signs following. Now, uh, I'm going to share about Pastor Dan Shurestad as an example concerning what I'm talking about here about um, perceiving what God is revealing. One of the first things that I noticed about Pastor Dan when I visited his ministry, and actually I'll share just a quick backstory with that. As a worshiper on the saxophone, I had started getting involved with circles of, of people that were involved with prophetic worship. And I met somebody who was a violin player, Leslie, and uh, super anointed. Uh, when she plays the violin, you just feel the presence of God so vividly. And it, it's so wonderful. And she was involved with these, I believe they were Thursday nights, actually, Thursday night uh, pr prophetic worship nights at Pastor Dan's church. And the worship leader was at liberty to bring in other people that they perceived could be trusted. And so I said, okay, I'm just paraphrasing here. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll check this out and see what this is about. And I'm a pretty young Christian, but I'm, I'm zealous. I'm, I'm willing to go in. I'm go all in. I'm trying to go all in the best I know how. And so God's, like I said before, he's faithful to feed that. If you want more, he's willing to give you more. And so I'm at his ministry. And what was unique that i never seen other ministers operate in is that he was so in step with what the Holy Spirit was doing that when he would declare what the Lord was doing, I would experience it consciously, very vividly. Whatever he said God was releasing, it was very present and real, but it wasn't until he spoke it out. And uh, that's what God does is he, he works with us. He gave mankind dominion. As we read in the book, beginning of the Bible, he gave mankind dominion here on earth. And so God, that's part, of, that's part of the reason that God uses us and not merely uses us, but works with us. And again, that's, that's a joy to walk with our father. Um, but he's given us the authority here on earth. And so what he wants to release, he has us participate. That's part of the reason we're even called to pray. Remember, Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. And so that that's, it might seem silly. Why do I have to ask for it? You know, he said, the father even knows what you, what you need before you ask, but we're still directed to ask. And I believe one of the reasons clearly in scriptures that he tells us to ask is because he, he gave you dominion here on earth and he will not force anything upon you. He will work in your life to provoke you to even ask the right things, of course. And I'm going to get into that in a bit, how that works is from his spirit to yours. Um, but he's given us dominion. So Pastor Dan, as an example, when he was declaring what God told him to, to declare, things were being loosed. Uh, remember, Jesus taught us whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in the heavens. Whatever we loose from the earth shall be loosed from the heavens. So when we're obeying the Lord, we may not officially be saying, I bind, I loose. But when we're saying what God is saying, when we're doing what God is telling us to do, automatically there's this reality of binding and loosing, loosening that's happening. Now, again, um, with, a little further here with Pastor Dan as an example of what I'm talking about, where we can perceive what God is revealing. I'm going to share briefly something else I noticed about him that I'm going to get into later in this teaching as well, which is that he is a worshiper. Uh, sincerely, he's not just when, when there's time of and worshiper as a lifestyle, I'll say that. But even during a time of music ministry, when the ideal, it's a worship team and not just a music team, but when the worship team is worshiping with all of his heart, he is drawn near to God. He is engaged from his soul, not, not just his spirit, 
but with all of that he is with his with his mind with his will with his emotions with his affections he is setting his love upon god and what i've noticed uh, through my walk with the lord is that it is ministers who are actually worshipers who are actually moving deeply in spirit-led ministry those are the ministries um, where i see both both good fruit and the glory of God being revealed, even in the gifts of the spirit, such as miracles, uh, where we see healings and we see deep prophetic ministry. It, it tends to be those who are engaging with God from their, not just their spirit, but from their soul. Uh, just to say a couple of scriptures briefly about this before I go further with this later, uh, just to remind you of some scriptures. Uh, Psalm 100 verse four says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and courts with praise. So just briefly speaking that for a moment now, for you and I, not just during times of music ministry, but as a lifestyle, uh, even in First Thessalonians chapter five, we see it written to rejoice always. And so there's something about bringing your soul into the place where you can be aware of what God is revealing that relates to drawing near with thanksgiving and with praise. And Hebrews Chapter 10, verse 22, that's where it says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Again, God's never leaving you. He's never forsaking you. But when it comes to consciously experiencing the presence of God uh, and engaging with that more vividly, on your end, you draw near. And then as you draw near, then he draws near in an experientially real way. Uh, as I was talking about Pastor Dan as an example here, this also reminds me of the reality of us being kings and priests the bible says uh so just saying it briefly here um as priests there's so much to this but i just i think this is a good foundation to set before i get into what i'm getting into as priests we are in fellowship with god we draw near to god getting close to his presence and we receive from him we're we're intercession here on earth uh we as priests we intercede for others uh because god speaks to us what his will is here on earth and then we respond to that again having the dominion here now restored to righteous dominion then we declare what god's telling us to declare we pray what god's revealing for us to pray as priests but as kings that points to the authority that we have remember jesus said again whatever you bind and loose right he also said that um, he's given us power or authority over all the power of the enemy the enemy of your soul uh what he's given his children is great it is powerful and i'll probably maybe i'll say this a couple times but when i was preparing this teaching one of the things i heard the lord say was i want them to know what they have so i'm talking about you're literally a child of god if you've given your life to jesus you're not just the offspring of god but you're literally a child of god and some of these things these things i'm pointing to are things that we get to operate in so as kings with the authority we declare and, it, and creation has to respond remember god spoke creation into existence so um to some capacity, all creation, this physical creation we see in, in science, uh, our modern science can even um, look at this as well, that there's sound to everything. So, and of course, because God spoke it into existence, but imagine how powerful it is when somebody will yield, and I'll get to this at the end probably, when they'll yield their tongues to the will of God, when the sounds that come out of them, when the words that come out of them are really by the unction of the Holy Spirit, how much more do those words have power for the good here on earth. So we're called to walk like this. We're called to walk like Jesus. Uh, the Bible says uh, uh, that Jesus, he did everything as the father showed him, as the father spoke, as the father revealed. And he is our example we're to be followers of God as dear children. And Jesus himself actually said in John 14, chapter, uh, chapter 14, verse 12, 
that we will do greater works. And so the same works that Jesus did, yes, he's God. And yes, he's the only one worthy of worship, the only one who should receive worship. But we get the privilege of doing things just like Jesus did, that we get to walk with our Father as well. And again, it's it's not a matter of just doing works, but it's a joy to walk with God. So as I was talking about Pastor Dan as an example, it reminded me of what he was sharing on last week, uh, and he shared for a couple of weeks actually now, about the topic of a prophet's reward. So I'm just going to share some from, something briefly about that, just to, to provoke us to learn how to receive from God when he is using a vessel, because God wants to use other people to be a blessing to you. The Bible actually says that we're not called to look at other people, I'm paraphrasing, according to the flesh. We don't see, pe see people just merely according to the flesh. God's love is shed abroad in our hearts. And so he wants us to perceive from his place of love. And again, he wants to widen your perception, your perspective, uh, so that you can actually see them for who they are in the Lord. And there's something about the prophetic ministry. When God reveals something to you about who somebody is called to be and you speak it out, it is so powerful. It, it's so transformational for them because um, God wants to pull what he's deposited on the inside of them, what he's called them to, what they're anointed for. And they don't even know they're anointed for the mantle that's upon them. He wants he made them for that. So he wants to pull that out. And so when you speak to that truth that's inside of them. Um, they bear witness with it. It's something just brightens up and they just wake up because, um, again, they bear witness to it. Even sometimes uh, when they're when they're not even born again, uh, there was somebody trying to cause a big fuss when I was last visiting Wisconsin. I was on a fishing pier and he was a character trying to cause all kinds of arguments. Just so uh, self-willed and bold and against God. And uh, it was funny just when I, God showed me something he's called to. And I said, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? And he just, just completely like all defenses just absolutely went down because I was because he was a lot of what was going on is he's speaking from his insecurities, but I just called out the greatness that was called to come out from within him, and so this this speaks to the power of the prophetic ministry how God can use you and I when you just speak biblical truths even God can use that to waken up people's minds, and uh, but God will give you. The rhema word, that which is the opportune thing to say. This relates to being spirit-led and the power of what God can do to somebody who is allowing them to lead him. So I was talking about how to receive the grace of God upon others. We uh, we we actually intentionally do that. We, we, we see them as a gift from the Lord. And uh, so uh, for an example, Pastor Dan, when I started going to his ministries, I grew a lot in revelatory understanding and teaching. I grew a lot in the prophetic ministry. The first ministry I was ever a part of was very strong in miracles and healing and in faith. So that really facilitated my growth in those things. Uh, it was God's grace upon that person. By God's grace, he had brought that ministry leader to the place to allow him to work that grace in their life. And then now as me being, or whoever in context, being somebody under that ministry, receiving them for who they are in the Lord, receiving that grace of God upon them, then that started becoming more real to me. It was getting pulled from the inside out because we're born again of incorruptible seed, the fullness of God. That's clearly biblical. It's actually God's will for us to walk in the fullness of God, to be filled with all the fullness of God. So anything that's godly that you want, go ahead and ask because it's God's will. Uh, the Bible says, earnestly desire, spirit, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That's his will. Uh, so anything that's good and godly, 
uh, he will give you the righteous fulfillment of that. Just simply come to God for who he is, ask, and allow him to, to work in you, both to be ready to receive that gift, but also in faith, knowing that he actually does want to give you good gifts. Um, so like I'm at that ministry, that first ministry, and that was a good desire. God wants to confirm his word with signs following. So I desired the working of miracles and God grew that in my life. And then after that, I was at a prophetic ministry where um, the pastor is really a, a prophet. And so I strongly grew in God, hearing God's voice. So I'm pointing to when you, when, uh, you receive somebody for who they are in the Lord, you actually allow them to be a gateway. They actually get blessed by it as well for God to pour through them into your life. This relates to business, um, respecting your business leaders. This relates to families, respecting those God is anointed with roles in family, uh, with ministry, whatever it is, God puts people in your life, not just leaders, just your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, we're a body. We're called to work together. And so we all have gifts. We all, we are, are, we are all called to edify one another. So as you honor Christ in them, then you'll watch and see how you're watered inwardly. The, the seed of God's greatness that's inside of you gets watered and you get edified and you get transformed. I just tied that a little bit more into the concept of the prophet's reward. So that person, they are in step with the leading of the Holy Spirit and what he wants to open, what he wants to release. And so as they're obedient, that loosening happens. And then you get to step into the very thing and experience the very thing that he has unlocked through their life to be a blessing to you. Now, at the end of Pastor Dan's teaching last week, uh, he pointed to the power of knowing who you are in the Lord, that uh, a part of perception even really relates to knowing who you are. So I'm going to speak that to that just a little bit more. I've, I've been kind of saying it throughout this teaching. I probably will a little bit more later. But it was great revelation to me. It really empowered me and transformed my life personally after I came to the Lord. And as I was coming to the Lord, I should say, to know that when somebody gives their life to Jesus, that they are literally a new creation. Before I was saved, before I gave my life to Jesus, um, I went to about a year or so before um, somebody told me I needed to repent. And so I looked up what repentance was, and I didn't see a great definition of it. The definition I saw made me think I need to stop being bad and start being good. So I thought that a Christian was just somebody that was just a special creation by God that's a good person. Uh, when no, actually, we give our lives to Jesus and then he comes inside of us and the righteous fulfillment of the laws and the ways of God are written on our hearts. So it's actually in us to be able to do what's right. And so it was so empowering for me to know that we're literally born again of God. So I'm going to just briefly go here for a moment and point to some scriptures. In John chapter 3, that's where we see Jesus teach that you must be born again. And then he goes on to say that that which is born of the capital S Holy Spirit is spirit. Now, remember, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Uh, and the Bible even says, First uh, John chapter 5, verse 1, I'm paraphrasing, that through this faith in Jesus Christ, that we're born of God. So as you bring that all together, you are literally, and the Bible says you're born again of incorruptible seed, as I said before. So you're literally born again of the spirit of God. You have The Bible says that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And this should empower you to know that you're not merely a man. Remember, uh, if you've read the scriptures, uh, the Apostle Paul, he, it, it's pretty clear that he's grieved. Um, he wants to share more with them. But he says, "What are you not walking, I'm paraphrasing again, are you not walking as mere men when there's these envying and carnal strifes going on? And the, what, the reason I say that is he's saying, 
you're walking as mere men, which means we're not called to walk merely as men. Jesus said that we are the light of the world now. So we're called to walk as the light. And that, that goes so much further than, uh, than any of us, I believe, really fully comprehend. But God is faithful and he wants to reveal more and more of what this can look like uh, to walk as a child of God. Uh, one of those things being, as I pointed to before, that the same works that Jesus did, we get to do greater works, Jesus said, that we will do. We're literally the family of God. He's the firstborn among many brethren. It's talking about some things quickly about this to provoke you about the power of being a child of God. Uh, in the scriptures, it says that all things are ours, actually. Um, that, and that's, you can read that where he's he's talking about, why are you saying, I'm, again, paraphrasing, why are you saying I'm of Apollos or of Paul? Um, we're of Christ. Our identity is in Christ. And literally everything is ours now. Um, but through the will of God, not out of a carnal self-heaping, this is mine, so I'm going to do whatever I want with it kind of thing. But I'm not I'm not clinging to the things of this world because uh, these things are temporal. And the one who is unfading, the one who is the most glorious, the most fulfilling, he personally, God himself, is our exceedingly uh, great reward. Being a child of God is relational. Uh, it's, it's not just positional. We actually get to uh, experience experience this relationship consciously. Um, think about this for a moment. What did God make to be Christ's bride, to be his internal inheritance? Who did God make in his, not not just as a creation, but in personally in his image and likeness, but humanity? Humanity really is a special creation of God that, that he would even call us when we receive Jesus, sons and daughters of God. And further, as I was starting to say, we are, as I was pointing to how Christ is our inheritance, he is our reward, but we're also his. We, we're, we're in the beloved now. He is the beloved. Now we are accepted in the beloved. Uh, the Bible says that it points to it um, clearly that we, uh, there's this parable language of us and it's, it's not meant to be overly symbolic, um, but that we are the bride of Christ, that he is our head. He is our, uh, we're, we're joined as one to him. And we get to that more in a bit. Um, we can, but through this union, we can know the love of God that surpasses understanding. And again, as I mentioned before, in Ephesians chapter five, verse one, we're called to be followers of God as dear children, literally imitators and followers of God. We now have a mind that can receive the things of God. Our minds can receive truth. And again, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29, it reads, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined, here it is, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he may be the firstborn among many brethren. And again, uh, with him as our head, we are able now to operate in righteous dominion. I'm going to speak for a moment about that, because uh, it just really speaks to what we are able to walk in as children of God. Uh, consider in the beginning of, of this creation, as we read in the book of Genesis, where God made Adam. Uh, he made man in his image and likeness. And the Bible says that the word man actually refers uh, in that in the context of he made man in his image and likeness to both Adam and Eve. And he gave them dominion here on earth. And so Adam, when he was naming the animals, when he was operating in dominion here on earth, he was doing it relationally through his fellowship with God. And then, you know, the story that he gave place to the enemy and then the enemy had legal access here. Uh, and now we are all born into sin as a result. Now, Jesus was made a curse for us on the tree. Uh, we are uh, we are restored from the curses and 
our sins are forgiven. Uh, we are now in right standing with God. And again, we're a new creation now um, where the Holy Spirit is in us and upon us, where we can be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, mankind still has dominion here on earth. Uh, we can just look around and see how bad things are to how bad things are to realize he gave mankind dominion on earth. If if God um, had, uh, as this is one point, he gave it to man, uh, it's not God's fault that these bad things are happening. It's the reality of the fall in that he gave mankind dominion here on earth. But through faith in Jesus Christ, we are restored to righteous dominion. So now how I'm using the power of my tongue, the power of my, my actions and um, the liberties that I have here, I'm doing it as the spirit of God leads. So it's now operating in this dominion righteously. So this is again, pointing to the reality of being a child of God and Romans eight sixteen it says that his Holy spirit actually bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God, not just figure figuratively, but literally we are an eternal child of God. And it helps us when we know this, it helps us know that we really get to draw near to God as father. And through your maturing through uh, this walk with Jesus Christ, this becomes more and more real. And it is absolutely, absolutely God's will for you to know him as father and know that he is really actually with you all the time. He's literally with you all the time. And we get to walk as children of God, not just after this era of time of life, but even now we get to walk as children of God. Now, uh, I'm talking about perception, and I'm, I'm just starting to dig in a little deeper here now regarding uh, that we have the power to perceive. So I, I've shared with you that you are, part of who you really are uh, is your new creation, your, your spirit born of God's spirit. There's other similar um, language in the Bible pertaining to this. Uh, in the Bible, it talks about the inner man of the heart or the hidden man of the heart your innermost being in some translations. Uh, there's depth to who you really are outside of just this, this thing of meat and bones, right? This, uh, this uh, is as, as valuable as it is. That's not all that you are. And so in a moment, I'll probably talk more about this concept of spirit, soul, and body. But at, at the moment here, I'm going to focus in a little bit more about uh, the reality that there is a Holy Spirit witness to your spirit and vice versa. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, that's where we read about the day of Pentecost fully coming. And what it says there is that the Holy Spirit, the capital S Holy Spirit, gave, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. So just recognize for a moment here that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, there's something about him giving an unction and utterance uh, to you. Uh, deep calls unto deep. This, this is beautiful language speaking to uh, the reality of God with you, upon you, in you. And part of what's happening, not that you have to understand it, but it, it's empowering to, to grow in understanding this, that much of what's happening is it's from his spirit to your spirit. First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, that's where it says that when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit is praying. So if I just write in the book of Acts that they spoke in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance, but now that when I'm praying in tongues, it says my spirit is praying. Just bring that together is because it's the unction of his spirit to your spirit. And then out here in this creation and in, in, uh, in the physical, what we call it, with my body and soul being engaged, uh, I can now pray in tongues. And briefly saying this too, that the gift of tongues is available to everyone. I'm supposed to say it again. You just told me to say it again. The gift of tongues is available to every believer. Um, it's a sure evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It is not the only 
result of being baptized with the Holy Spirit, but is something that did not exist in the Old Testament. It is a new sure sign. Uh, and that's not all that relates to the, the gift of tongues. There's a diversity of the gift of tongues. Uh, there, there's uh, even, you can even give praise well, as the Bible says, in tongues. Um, but what I was pointing to is that your your spirit is praying. And actually, when, you, when you're praying in tongues, it's perfect prayer. And how powerful, powerful is perfect prayer, considering that the Lord said in the scriptures that if I ask anything according to his will, that he hears me. And that if he's heard me, then I know that I've received the petitions which I've desired of him. It's so powerful to release tongues here on earth. And again, it's for all of us. Um, you are a new creation that can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to earn it. He knows that you need it. Uh, the, the scripture people twist uh, to try to say it's not for everybody is there's a scripture that says, do all pray in tongues. Now, first, obviously not everybody's praying in tongues who's a believer yet, but uh, we shouldn't use that as a cop out. Uh, but more clearly in, in the context, not everybody is called to operate regularly in the gift of tongues that is meant to be for a public interpretation. That's a different operation of the gift of tongues. So we can all have the gift of tongues. Now, going back to what I was saying. His spirit gives an utterance to your spirit, and physically a language comes out. Um, your soul is involved with that. And it, uh, I'm going to be speaking very deliberately about the concept of your soul um, because of what I'm going to be getting into. Uh, now, your soul pertains to how you're perceiving, your sense of self, your mind, your will, your emotions. So as I'm praying in tongues, as just an example of many things that are spirit-led, um, it's a conscious choice. Uh, God doesn't force it out of you. He doesn't. And when people are just seemingly blurting it out, we don't fault find them. But there's just some character involved with that. There's their soul involved with that as a general state, as a general statement, at least. Um, now, as I mentioned before, the Lord wants us to know what we have. He wants us to know this glory of this inheritance in Jesus Christ. It honors God when we receive the fullness of who he is and we walk in the fullness of who he is because it points to the testimony of the power of the salvation and grace of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Here it is that we might know the things that we have been freely given to us by God. Uh, a couple other scriptures, just powerful scriptures. I'm not going to get into them. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures in 2 Peter verse uh, chapter one verse three that's uh, where it says that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him has called us to glory and virtue in ephesians 1 3 it says that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings and the point to that other scripture i just read that the spirit who sees all he's revealing to us what we have been given freely he sees everything and he empowers us to actually be able to discern and again this is a growing process um, in the scriptures, we read uh, that part of this process is you go from being a baby in Christ to a more mature vessel in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the, uh, the Apostle Paul, I'm paraphrasing what he wrote, um, but he was saying, like, I want to show you more, but you're, you're, you're not ready for the meat yet. You still need sincere milk. And that's part of the issue a lot of times we see in the body of Christ in the ministries is the need for real, legitimate, sincere foundational, healthy teaching, sincere milk, so they can get trained in that. And then the Bible says um, that to be ready for meat, and that's something I love about Pastor Dan's ministries, he really gives meat, is um, that we get trained up to discern right from wrong, good from evil. So when people who might be sincerely born again are making all kinds of crazy, uh, just wrong statements and they false doctrines and everything, it, um, it doesn't mean that they're that they're not a Christian just because they're confused. Uh, we're all growing. 
I'm not going to claim that I, God knows I don't have it all together, but there's something about uh, when you get more fully matured that you actually can perceive what's right and wrong, good from evil, uh, that we're not caught up in the world's ways where they call good evil and evil good. Um, so that's a sign that somebody may be a babe in Christ and they need some healthy foundational teaching. Um, and that's part of the maturing process to be able to more fully discern. Um, now, as I said before, uh, the Bible says that we actually have literally you and I who have given our life to Jesus. We literally have the mind of Christ. And that's uh, in First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Now, um, if you're interested after this teaching, uh, we will have Bible study notes available because I know I'm sharing a lot of scriptures. So that way you can go back and really chew on the, these truths for yourself before the Lord and allow him to really reveal these re, the, these truths more and more to you. Now, uh, now I've been talking about how there's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit witness, and now I'm saying that, they, that we have the mind of Christ. Uh, and again, God, he sees all. Consider, now actually the Bible says as Christ is, so are we here in this world. Um, so I was going to say, consider even how Jesus operated here on earth, uh, that he, he was in constant communion with God, with the Father, and perceiving what was being revealed to him and operating by the Spirit of God, fullness of God being revealed here on earth. Jesus is the express image of God. And so everything Jesus did was revealing who God really is. And so just consider the reality of having the mind of Christ how Jesus always perceived the opportune thing to perceive, to reveal the Father. And again, God wants to reveal things. And I'm saying this because he just told me he wants to reveal things to you. That is his heart because not just not just to operate in the gifts and public ministry, but because he loves you and because you're a child of God. And now in the scripture, if you read that, actually, if you read that chapter, I encourage you to read it uh, sometime soon. First Corinthians chapter two. Consider who God is using. Um, how much revelation did the Apostle Paul have that he would use the Apostle Paul as a vessel to write so much of the authoritative Logos word of God? And so in this, in this chapter, it's a great portion that you can really chew on um, to start to lay hold of the same thing that the Apostle Paul had laid a hold of, um, that he has the mind of Christ. It's because he knew, because God had built him to the place of experientially knowing that he had the mind of Christ, that he could actually be a vessel that God could use to write exactly what God wanted him to write. So likewise for us, we're called to walk in that. The Bible says, if uh, if any man speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. It actually says in everything that we do to glorify the Lord. So, and, and we're not robots. This is out of, and it's, we don't strive at this either. I'm going to get to this in a little bit more in a moment, but it's just out of a, a love relationship with God that this fruit, this uh, these actions, these results start to come out that literally this unction of the spirit of God to your spirit through the entirety of your being, God is revealed through you. Remember, the Bible says that we are living epistles. Uh, the word of God is uh, the, the truth of God, the character of God, the presence of God. All this is being revealed through you and I who are literally Christ's body here on earth. I'm supposed to say it again, who are literally Christ's body uh, here on earth. First uh, John chapter two, verses 20 and 27. This points to, I'm not going to read them, but just, uh, if you want to look at this more later, this points to uh, that we actually know all things. I'm just going to speak on that more because I'm talking about that we have 
the mind of Christ. We literally have the mind of Christ. And please don't let this seem too far fetched from you. If you can just, if, if you can't wrap your mind around it, as Pastor Dan says, wrap your heart around it, because uh, the, the Bible says that you have the mind of Christ. And part of my growth in hearing and perceiving what God was showing me uh, was just in sowing in faith to say, God, your word says this, that I have the mind of Christ. Uh, the Bible actually says in the book of James that if if I if I if I see the word I'm paraphrasing again, and I uh, don't do it, I forget what manner of man I am because it's like looking into a glass. It's it's reflective. What the words of God says that I am, and what I have, it's true. Whether or not I actually feel it or have even experienced it yet, it is the truth. And so God wants us to unite our faith into the truth of the word of God. And that's, again, why it's so important to know who we are in the Lord, because if I believe I'm just a weak, powerless sinner, I'm going to live out what I believe. But if I believe the word of God, that I can do all things, every everything that God wants me to do, every rainbow word is possible for me as a child, uh, that I'm called to walk victoriously. Uh, he's always causing me to triumph. If I start to unite my faith with these truths, that I have power over the power of the enemy, and that nothing shall by any means harm me, um, that it's his good pleasure to give me the kingdom, that he's, as I said before, he's blessed me with all spiritual blessings. Own it by faith. You you receive salvation by faith. There's so much other riches of the uh, of what God has available for us that we receive in the simplicity of childlike faith. So there's this reality that we actually are way more aware of things than, uh, than we actually know that we're aware of. Um, I'm going to try to see how much liberty I have to share more on this. You are a spirit born again of God's spirit. Awesome. Uh, and you have the mind of Christ. God sees everything. He knows everything. Nothing is hidden from God, right? Uh, now, you're not just your physical body and you're not just your brain. Your, your, your being is not contained just in, in just your conscious awareness. Uh, your conscious awareness, what that means is I'm actually literally aware of what I'm saying and doing right now. There's other things that are going on right now, but I may not consciously be aware of that. Um, some practical things that a lot of us have experienced. Um, have you ever had it where you just have an off feeling about something and it completely just bypasses your reasoning, um, but it just feels off. And then later you realize, well, there's a reason that felt off. It's because there's something more to you. And it, it all comes down to the grace of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit. But there's, your spirit is more aware then you know that it's aware. Because um, again, you're born again of the spirit who sees everything. And um, oh man, I, I was trying to think of some great examples to share with you here. Um, we're called to walk in the spirit. And so this reality of having a widened perception, we actually get to experience that and, and walk in that. Um, I'm probably gonna get into examples uh, just a little bit later regarding that. But again, uh, just, just receive it right now that you have the mind of Christ. And the Bible says that you know all things. So there's a part of you, and it, it comes down to that God is with you and in you, that has access to see and know all things. All right. So my wife is just giving me a heads up that uh, on the schedule that we usually go on, that, um, it's going, that I, I should be aware of that. So I'm going I'm to start to get into really what this is coming together into, that your soul, if you want to consciously perceive what God is revealing, your soul is a huge key in that. So we want our soul to be 
positioned before the Spirit of God, uh, to be more fully subject to God. Now, uh, scripturally, we can actually command our soul to do the right thing. We read that in Psalms 100, verse 3, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, you can read more about this as well in Romans uh, chapter 7 and 8. But this also points to the, uh, the importance of guarding your soul, of guarding your mind. Uh, God, God is a lover of your soul. And uh, when he tells us not to do something, it's not just to make him look good. It's because he cares for your soul. So when we give place to, to the, the agendas of the enemy, the Bible says that uh, abstain from the, 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 the lust of the flesh. Uh, because when I, do, when I give place to the lust of the flesh, then I, cause, I allow a waging of war to come against my soul, against my peace that God has called me to. Um, and again, God wants my mind to unite with truth. Uh, and as my as my faith is uniting to the truth of God, then I'm living out the truth. Uh, so I don't want to believe a lie. I don't I don't want to be caught up in a, just merely in emotions. It's okay to have emotions, um, but I, I it's so important. What I'm getting at is to be aware of what you're sowing into your soul. You're made to be a house for God's glory, for His presence. You're not a garbage can. Uh, and but as, as whatever we sow, we reap. So we want to sow in the truth of God's word. And that's part of why um, regarding guarding your soul and guarding your peace. That's why we read in Philippians 4 about dwelling on what's good and above. Uh, because God wants your soul blessed. He wants you to be able to, to, to not be clouded in your mind and your emotions with worry and doubt. He wants you to cast your cares upon him um, so that you can abide. Part of the reason is so that you can abide in peace. Because we can, we can perceive God's leading and hear his voice in the midst of utter chaos going on around you. But when, when you don't have internal peace going on, your, your thoughts are going all over the place. And God wants your thoughts captive to him. He wants your soul at peace so that you're readily attentive to what he wants to speak to you. So the key here is keeping your soul, your mind, your, your affections fixed on God and captivated by God. It's just the, this is the safest place for your soul. Uh, again, uh, your perception relates to your mind and to your focus. And our good shepherd wants to guide us. He guides us absolutely perfectly. So a soul fixed on God is an important key to consciously perceive by the, by, by the Spirit of God. Your soul was made to worship God. Your soul was made to actually be fully set upon God and devoted to Him. There's so many scriptures uh, that point to this, but and you can see those in the notes if you'd like. Um, but the one I'm really going to key in on here for a moment is the one a lot of us are familiar with, where it says to love God with all that you are with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your heart, with all your mind, your entire being as a, as a vessel of worship for God. Um, and as it, the Bible actually says uh, in Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, that's where it talks about the, uh, that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. You're a new creation, but your mind must be renewed so that you live out the reality of who you are in him. And also as you present your entire being as a sacrifice for God's will, then that's how God is revealed through you. Uh, and his will is revealed through you. So the key here that I'm really pointing to, and I'm, I'm going to start to share a little bit practically about it, is devoting your soul to God. And what just consider what can that look like? Um, again, you are made to worship God. It, your soul was made for worship. And God is the only one who can rightfully and fully receive what your soul is called to be devoted to. Now that we're born again, it's actually in us to long for God. The Bible says a couple of times that we cry out, May the spirit of the son crying out, longing for father. That's where it says, Abba, father. So keeping your soul stayed on God. When I, uh, when I was thinking about what to teach on tonight, I was hearing the Lord speak to me about how he wants us 
to to know that we're called to walk as children of God. But I also heard him talk to me about uh, teaching on how to to reach into the spirit per se. And uh, so as I was thinking about that, well, how Lord, how does it happen? I mean, I, I, I've dwelt on it before, but I, I really intentionally meditated on this more uh, or chewed on it and dwelt on it more about how is it, what is happening when I'm positioned to hear you so vividly and, and, and uh, experience what, you're, what you want to reveal to me? What I realized was, is I was drawn near to God in worship. And that's why I brought up Pastor Dan as an example with worship and how when even ministry leaders, uh, when they're worshipers, they may not understand that it's a key, but because their soul is also engaged with God, right? They're, they're born again of God's spirit, but to consciously perceive what God is saying and doing your mind has to be involved. So then your soul gets engaged with God as well. So so then just consider that your mind, your will, your emotions with your heart, all your strength, devoted all to God. Um, and we're called to, to actually stay there. I shared the scripture before, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. But there, that doesn't say that you that you have to leave that place. You get to actually, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. It's not saying to ask God for things all the time. Uh, and it also says uh, uh, the communion or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. This is God's will for us to stay in the in an abiding fellowship with the Spirit of God. Uh, so we get to not only draw near but stay near. And it's not a striving. It's 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 not something you have to overly work yourself into. I just want to invite you to consider growing in a in a lifestyle, uh, and in special moments, absolutely in devoted moments. But as a lifestyle, draw near to God with all your soul. Let him be your priority. Set your affections com continually upon him. The best way to guard your mind is, as the Bible says, set your affections on the things above, not on the things of this earth. And, and uh, the most above thing, of course, is God himself. He is our object of affection. He is our object of worship. Uh, and so as we keep our minds set on him, then the enemy has a much harder place pulling your, your mind, your attention around and other things and, and bringing distraction and and busyness of mind and trying to make you feel filthy and condemned because you made a mistake. Just draw near to God. God, the Bible says, if you make a mistake, First uh, John one nine, there's this. Uh, we read uh, that He's faithful and just to forgive you when you ask. So um, if you feel guilty, if you have a guilty conscience, know that Jesus Christ purchased your fullness of salvation and forgiveness of your sins. Just simply ask, knowing, and, and you're forgiven. God loves you and He wants you to be able to draw near. And uh, in Hebrews we read that we're called to draw near with a pure. Uh, with a, with a um, pure conscience, with a true heart. And so God wants you to, to know that he's made the way for you to have a pure conscience so that you can stay there. So the, the, one of the main things I'm sharing with you tonight, or whenever you listen to this, is that as you want to perceive what God is revealing and wants to reveal to you, a big key in that is you draw near also with your affections, with your attention, with your mind, with your thoughts, with your soul. Uh, one of the ways I grew in discernment uh, is I just constantly ask God questions because I knew God wanted to lead me and it started becoming more and more and more vivid. Uh, that's probably a message for another time, but you really, God is so absolutely with us that it, it can be so awesome and so vivid. Um, and that's something to consider too is, um, again, God doesn't want us to feel guilty and some people are scared to acknowledge the reality of this one, but to share with you, but God is literally always with you right now in the next moment in the next moment when you go to bed when you wake up while you're sleeping he is right there with you and he loves you and he will give you more of his presence if you want more of his presence again draw near to him and he'll draw near to you so just practically speaking when when i consider when i go into that place of receiving from the spirit of god i realize that i'm just 
I'm surrendering to him. I'm, 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 I'm drawn near with my affections, but I'm, I'm coming near to him without any self-willed agenda. It's okay if I speak my heart to him and my thoughts and my emotions and what I'm going through, but I'm not going to tell God how to speak to me. I'm going to let him be God. And so I just kind of go literally intentionally to this place of worship, of affection, and I, and I, and I intentionally put off just my own agenda uh, because, again, I, I want to receive from God. Uh, I want to. I want to come to Him as a, a vessel. Uh, like I'm going on the altar per se. I'm, I'm just giving Him all that I am, loving Him with all that I am, de devoting in that moment all that I am, so that I can be a vessel that He can consume. It's like put myself on the altar again, that I can be consumed with the presence and the fire of God. Um, and that's what we can all operate in. Every moment we can, we're called to live a consecrated life, a devoted life. Again, we're not earning our salvation out of that. But if you want to experience abundant life, if you want to walk more deeply in the spirit of God and more vividly in the spirit of God, devoting your soul is absolutely a huge part of that. Now, um, I'm not going to get too much into this teaching. I, I encourage you, if you want to hear more about this, because I'm running out of time here, uh, there's much more pertaining to your tongue that relates to this, but I'll just say it briefly here that uh, praying in tongues, again, that's, that's a great way to, to exercise this because your, your tongue is a powerful, the Bible says in the book of James that your tongue is so powerful that it not only affects your life, but creation. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of your tongue. And we speak from the abundance of our heart. And so I want what I sow, what I set my affections on, the abundance of my heart to be God himself so that I'm speaking from this, this place of worship where my, again, my, my, not only my spirit, but because it's positionally there, but my soul is engaged with God. So then my tongue is there and it's such, the tongue is such a hard thing as the Bible says to control that if you can learn to get your soul or get your, your, your tongue devoted to God, this walk in the spirit, it, it's a huge key to say it briefly. You can check out the notes more if you want to read more about that. Um, but the tongue, again, is just such a powerful thing as a part of what it looks like to walk in a spirit. And just briefly stating it as I wrap up on this teaching is we're called to, again, we're called to walk as children of God. We're called to perceive what God is revealing. And then part of what we get to do when God reveals something to us is we get to declare what God is revealing to us. And we get to say what God tells us to say. Um, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, Pastor Dan has teaches in depth on this, that the word for power is actually hand. So death and life are in the hand of the tongue. So when I'm, when I'm speaking what God wants to reveal, what God is speaking, I'm actually per se taking it from the spirit. So I'm, I'm there in my affections. I'm there in my fellowship with God. And from that place of hearing him, now I'm saying what he tells me to say. And now his words are coming forth and changing everything. It's impacting creation. Uh, and it's and, and when we're ministering to people, it's revealing the character of God and the power of God is re revealing the love and the nature of God himself. Um, so this is a wrap up this message. And I, I do want to share with you on Facebook as well that you're invited. You're welcome to join us uh, with these teachings that Pastor Dan is usually leading on Thursday nights uh, through DSM Hollywood. You're welcome to join us on Google Meet. Uh, where we talk further, we pray together. You just go to our Facebook page, our website, or our Instagram page, and you can see how to log in from there. So as I wrap up, I just want to encourage you to know that if you want to perceive what God is speaking to you, if you want to, to walk more vivid, vividly, deeply in the Spirit, worship is a huge key that unlocks it. 
sincerity of worship from your heart where you just set your delight on the Lord. You set your affections on the Lord. Your soul is there. So now that you can consciously perceive what your father wants to reveal to you. Now I'm just going to close us here on Facebook in prayer. Thank you, Father God, for your will, Lord, to reveal your heart to us as children, Lord, that you, it's your heart's desire for us to, to be close to you and walk with you, to know your love. And I thank you, Lord, that we were made to love you, to walk with you. So just in response to this teaching, we just consciously, intentionally say we devote all to you, Lord. And we devote our soul, our strength, our mind, our will, our emotions, our heart, our affections completely to you, Lord. And we, we ask that you help us grow in a lifestyle of staying in that place, of setting our love upon you so that we can live free, that we can live whole, knowing that you care for us and that you made the way for this, Lord, and that we can perceive from this place clearly and also live out the reality of being the body of Christ and living epistles that you, God, yourself are revealed through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.